Hello, and welcome to Staying In with me, Jan Powell. In this podcast, I'm going to be exploring the different and sometimes thought-provoking ways people are coping during this COVID-19 lockdown. Of the 5.5 billion people in the world, around one third are in some sort of confinement, and that means staying at home because of the pandemic. I want to talk to a few of them in very different localities, from Paris to Penzance, Istanbul to India, to find out what they're experiencing, the local rules, the frustrations, the highs and lows, and what, if anything, we all have in common. Today I'm talking to Jill Fickling, who I first met some two decades ago when we were working together in Geneva. She's a British-born filmmaker who spent most of her working life making documentaries for the United Nations in some of the world's most far-flung places. Today she's channeling her creative side into painting. She calls herself a global nomad. She's lived in Britain, Switzerland, the United States and Spain and moved back to the UK to the seaside town of Penzance just a few weeks before the lockdown in Britain began. Hi Jill, it's great to speak to you today. You just about made it back to the UK and moved into your new house just before this uh, lockdown began. Um, So tell me about that. What was it like moving into a new community just as the walls were coming down around you? It's obviously, it's obviously a very strange time for everybody. I'd been living in New York for the past 10 years with my last job at the UN. Um, and when that, that finished, we moved back to Spain, where we'd been for two years in southern Spain, Andalusia, looking to resettle there. As we'd lived there before, my husband's Spanish. I'd lived there already for 12 years, so my kids were born there. Um, didn't quite find the communities. So after a lot of kind of flapping about, a lot of the same sort of thing I think a lot of international workers do, you end up as this kind of global nomad. You just don't know where to put yourself after your your work career is finished. Um, we decided to try the UK. So we came back last autumn, just brought a couple of suitcases in the car and decided to have a have a look around and see you know if this was where we wanted to live i've not lived in the uk for 30 years and we moved into rather a dim flat um we were living there as we looked around for somewhere to buy and yeah we bought this place that we're in now a small house right in the center of town um just a month before the lockdown my husband was currently in spain he made it back um just a couple of weeks before the lockdown um, fortunately, and it, it's it, it's been it, we've sort of put on hold establishing ourselves in this new community. Um, I mean, you know, it's like when you go to a new place, you meet with whoever you can, you accept any invitation for anything that's offered, coffee here, drink there, anything, because you think this is your way of of just extending your social group, getting to know people, getting the lay of the land. So that must have been quite hard, suddenly uh, landing in this place and not able to make those connections. Well, yeah, I mean, I was starting. So, yeah, everything's on hold at the moment. I mean, I hope the, the friendships, the connections will, will rebloom once we're allowed out again. But yes, of course, I was involved in, I was doing different art courses, um, quite a few different things that, of course, everything's just shut down now. So you're in Penzance, a little seaside town um, in the southwest of Cornwall. Can't be too bad being there. What exactly are the rules and how are those rules being applied? 
I feel so lucky we are here. Um, we are literally two minutes walk from the sea. Um, because this is a holiday community, it's a tourist community, much of Cornwall, you know, I'm afraid is. Um, it, a lot of the houses aren't actually occupied at the moment um, because they're second homes or they're places that people let out in the summer. So the community isn't full at all. There's obviously the resident community of people who live here all year, and that's lovely, but the place does get a bit overwhelmed in the summer months. Um, so in terms of social distancing, we're allowed to go out. We're allowed to go out to walk, to exercise, um, but you do have to keep your distance. But that's easy here because there's lots of open space. Um, people are extremely polite. People, you know, will walk in the road under the nearest bus to avoid passing you too close on the pavement, which is which is great. And I saw a very funny scene the other evening. I was down at um, walking at the back of the beach, and it was one of those beautiful, balmy evenings. And, of course, there's people sitting out on the pebbles there, watching the sea and everything. They're all sitting sensibly distanced apart. But there was one policeman. The policeman, it seems now, are only allowed in ones. So the policeman was on his own. And he was going up to people in this very, very British, very dividend, polite way, sort of saying, excuse me, I'm terribly sorry to bother you, but... Um, would you mind awfully just telling me how long you've been here? <laughs> it seems that people are only allowed to sit out on the beach for a maximum of an hour. So instead of all lying and saying, oh, I've only been here 10 minutes, everyone was being terribly polite. And I could hear people saying, well, I've actually been here one hour and a quarter. So he was saying, well, I'm sorry, but, you know, I, I really I really understand how you'd love to sit here and watch the sea, but I'm awfully sorry, but I'm going to have to ask you to move on. <laughs> and so people were. People were moving on, and he was going up to the next round. So, so, so polite. So British, isn't it? So British. How nice that still wonderful. happens. I thought it was wonderful. That must have made you, must have warmed your heart to be back to be back home in the UK. Yeah, no, there's a lot of things I really love about being here. It is a, it, I'm discovering the country again, though, and having lived out for so long. Um, it, you know, it's been 30 years. And I, I, one thing I really, really appreciate is the humour and just feeling that I can say, I can say my stupid, you know, little ironic comments or, or things like that that would fall flat in some communities where people are speaking English as a second language or just they don't have that same sort of British self-deprecating humour. Yeah, it's very special. It's very unique, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. No, there's a, there's a lot of things I love about being back. But we are planning to spend half of the year here and half of the year in Spain because a lot of our roots are still in Spain. You've made the huge leap from being a filmmaker, uh, travelling all over the world, um, making documentaries in some of the toughest places that I know. Um, and, and you're now become an artist, which is a, a much more perhaps internal, introverted kind of activity. What has that change been like for you? Um, it, it's... I mean, I love it. I love having the time now to be able to paint. Um, I've always drawn and I've always, throughout the years, I've, I've tried to paint, but there hasn't been much time with, as you say, all the travel. Um, no, I think one thing that has been really, really helpful in making that change has been coming here, where there is already a very, very well-established artistic community. 
Um, there's been artists in this area of Cornwall for literally hundreds of years. There's different schools of art, the Sissendive School of Art, the Newland School of Art. So there is already a peer group. There's a lot of really um, wonderful artists whose work I can look up to and who I can even meet on personal levels, you know, in local galleries and local shows, and you get to talk to them and, you know, avidly picking brains. So that's been wonderful. That was one of the problems when we moved back to Spain, actually, that I tried to set myself up to get into my artwork there. And I had no support. I was completely out on a limb. I couldn't even find shops to buy materials. Um, And it just didn't work. I felt really isolated. So that's been wonderful coming here. I think one thing that's really hard is when you've when you've had a career in one thing and you've been doing it for years and years and you're actually quite sort of confident about it. I mean, by the time I finished at the UN as a filmmaker at the UN, I was like one of the dinosaurs in the office. You know, I was one of the last ones that all the interns would sort of flood to my office to ask me questions and they'd always <laughs> sit their open mouth with the sort of level of knowledge that I got. And, of course, that feels great and you feel super validated and you think, yeah, wow, actually, I do know quite a bit after all. But then when you start doing something new um, and you realise your skills level is completely sort of kindergarten level and you've really (laughs) got to learn, you've really got to master basic, basic kind of skills that, you know, terminology of art, just art techniques and materials and things, I had no idea. So it's quite, well, I still don't know much. It's quite an uphill struggle trying to learn all that and trying to keep confident about what you're doing and not think, oh, this is absolute crap, you know, this looks like real, real basic, I'm never going to get anywhere kind of feeling. I think you're being extremely modest, Jill. I think you're being extremely modest. Um, Now, I know that when this lockdown happened, I mean, I had a massive to-do list of aspirational activities, you know, improving books to read, languages to learn, uh, that guitar that's been stuck in my in my in my bedroom for years and hasn't been touched for years, all that was going to change. And what's happened? Well, it's just like, New Year's resolutions, um, absolutely zero or, you know, two days of enthusiasm and then finished. Um, But I know that you've set yourself a real challenge uh, using your your artistic talent, Jill. Tell me about that. What is it that you've decided to do during this lockdown period? Well, I've launched a project um, called Painting for Refugees, um, where I try to link my wish to i mean i've all i've made a lot of films about refugees and migrants in the past in different places and i've always felt very touched by just the sheer vulnerability and fragility of their lives and the courage of a lot of these people a tremendous tremendous hardship and challenge when you're uprooted from your home and you you're in a new place with nothing often you know hated and resented by local communities and Very, very difficult. So I wanted to continue trying to do something um, for for this group of people. And just before the lockdown, actually, um... I was watching yet another um, how-to video on YouTube with an artist, um, how to improve your painting. And she mentioned, she said, well, what you can do, one thing you can do is you can give yourself a 30-day challenge where you paint a painting a day, just really sort of kickstart your practice and get you into the practice of you, you know, wielding your paintbrushes every day. 
Um, I thought that's a good idea. And then the lockdown happened. So I just decided to combine the two, which basically I've mounted this project, which I'm doing a painting a day for 30 days. All proceeds, um, the, the paintings I'm putting out across my platforms, Facebook and Instagram, really to family and friends. They don't go much further. Um, and I'm selling them there on, on those platforms. And all the proceeds are going to Doctors Without Borders, Medicine Sans Frontier. That's brilliant. Um, That's absolutely brilliant. I think you're being very, very modest. I've seen some of your output, Jill, and uh, absolutely beautiful. In fact, I've, a couple I've tried to, to buy and uh, they're gone almost before uh, they're on your on your Facebook page or on your Instagram feed. So, yeah, definitely have to sort of get in there quickly. So where's the best place to find them if you want to? Uh, if, you, if you want to see what you've been producing over this month? Well, I put them up every day, but the end of the afternoon for me, because I paint them, you know, by the end of the afternoon, they're up on both Facebook and Instagram. But I also have a web page, um, which is jillfickling.com. It must give you a tremendous sense of achievement. I mean, unlike the rest of us who are kind of, you know, binging on box sets and, and um, eating too much, you know, you've discovered how to make sourdough bread and you've made the fifth loaf. What do you do next? I mean, you must feel incredibly fulfilled. Well, it was the first one I sold. I'm, I leapt around the living room. So I'm not used to selling my artwork. I'm usually a bit pathetic about selling my artwork because I tend to get very attached to paintings um uh, they're often quite personal subjects places I've been I don't know places yeah so they're quite personal so in the past when people have asked to buy things I've often said oh no that's already sold um so I've never been very professional about this but this time I just realized right got to go for this this is professional now I've really got to sell this stuff and the first one I sold like I said I literally leapt around the living room uh, I was so excited and I've been bowled over by people's response. People have been so supportive um, and collaborating. And no, it's great. I'm on day 21 now, so it's the final push. Um, I have to say, some days I wait, and I have no idea what I'm going to paint today. And I go into sort of panic mode, think, ah, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And there are days when I've put ones out and I just think this is really rubbish. But I'm committed. I've got to post it. And... Um, so it's, you just can't tell. It's such, such a personal thing. People like things and people don't. It's all very personal. Well, I'm on day 31. So this is week five of my lockdown. And um, you, as you say, you're just on week four. Um, it was a total shock for all of us when it started. But how has it evolved over this period of time? I mean, I know I, I feel differently now than I felt right at the beginning. Um, what about for you? It's funny, but um, I mean, I think we're extremely lucky where we're doing this. As I said, we're, we're in a lovely area and we do have, you know, outside space. For people that don't have an outside space, it must be really, really hard. Um, I actually rather like this sort of pause in life where I'm forced not to go out and join a yoga class and join a Tai Chi and do this and do that. I'm forced to be inside and I'm forced to just kind of settle a bit just kind of rest a bit and and I actually rather like that I'm cooking more um I'm behaving more like my mother who'd lived through rationing after the war who would never waste anything in terms of food everything was used everything every, everything had its purpose um I think it's in a way I think it's rather a nice time for reflection 
And I'm, I'm glad I do have, the, I mean, the structure of my day is that I paint you know, every day. So I do have a structure. I'm lucky with that. I'm living here in total isolation, but I know you're there with a, a partner, um, a child. Um, have you done that thing that, um, you know, they tell us that we ought to do, which is to develop a routine? Um, uh, are you driving each other mad or have you found a way to avoid each other when you need to and get together when, when, when it's also you know something you need to do how's that working um well there are obviously moments when I think we'd have to throw each other out the window um yeah I'm here with my husband and my daughter who's actually 28 um so not a child um but no we're lucky again that there's enough space I have my small little studio I can go and shut myself in and my husband has his space my daughter has hers my daughter's work is online, so she's still working. She has her daily structure. Uh, no, we seem to, it seems to work pretty well, I have to say. Um, so what, finally, are you most looking forward to doing when all this is over? What, what I would really like to do is, uh, every day, because I'm painting, I put on the worst manky clothes and rags and they're all paint spattered, and then I tend not to be bothered to change out of them. So I sort of hang around in this kind of tramp-like uh, garb for the rest of the day. I'd really like to get dressed up, just put some nice clothes on, you know, wash my hair, um, and go out for a glass of wine in a terrace somewhere, go and sit somewhere in a terrace with some friends, with family, enjoy a glass of wine, and then maybe go to see a movie. That's the other thing I really miss is going to the cinema. I think that's true, actually. I really miss just yeah, um, being somewhere like a restaurant or being somewhere where there are a lot of people and where you can just sit and watch other people do whatever it is they're doing. It's that, it's that sense of life going on. I walk down to my little square in the village here and what should normally be absolutely humming with activity, people sitting out having their kir or their evening beer, it's just very sad seeing this empty space yeah. with piled up chairs no, I agree I agree I mean one of the things we that really attracts us to moving here to the center of Penzance where we live is that we're literally walking distance from we've got a theater 50 meters away we've got little tea shops with cream teas and the local cinema showing independent movies and everything's walking distance and now of course it's all shut and everything's deserted um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to that coming back, life coming back, and and yeah, hanging out as you say, people watching, just sharing some time with people would be nice. So what are you going to be painting this afternoon? What's the challenge today? Oh God, I thought you were going to ask me that. I don't know. I still haven't decided. I'm going through. I I painted most of the flowers that are out in my garden. I painted some views, but that doesn't work very well. Um, so I go through my iPhone and I find photos. I've got a folder of my favourite photos and I look at ones that I've taken often specifically with a painting in mind. Um, I've also got old sketchbooks that I go through and try and find things that, you know, I've sketched that I can do a painting from. So to be honest, I don't know. Um, I haven't come up with anything yet. I might do some chickens, actually. <laughs> I shall look forward to that and I shall be checking your website tomorrow to see what what you came up with um it's been great talking to you have a good day thanks jan lovely to talk to you too stay well and safe that was staying in with me jan powell thank you for listening if you've made it this far 
It's been a family affair, and a big thank you goes to Hugo Powell for his music and audio production.